Welcome to the Weekly Trend, a podcast for navigating the markets through the lens of technical analysis. The Weekly Trend podcast is provided for educational purposes only and does not constitute any professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the information or content without first seeking advice from a registered financial planner. Welcome back to the Weekly Trend podcast. Today is Friday, June 4th, 2021. The S&P 500 is sitting at 4221. I'm David Zarling. Ian is not with me this week as he has a well-deserved day off today. I do have a special guest I'm going to introduce here shortly. But what I want to take a chance to do uh, before we head on to the markets portion, you know, I, I know a lot of our listeners are very familiar with our adaptive process and thoughts, but we're part of something bigger. And I want to give a shout out to the rest of our team here at Client First, Tax and Wealth Advisors, right? Because we do more than just manage assets. We handle financial planning, estate planning. Big year for us for tax plan preparation and planning because if you don't know someone's tax situation, which believe it or not is one of your biggest expenses in life, I don't know how you have a financial plan for someone, whether it's our insurance team and of course our very own adaptive management. Some quick highlights. Shout out to the tax team, 1,100 tax returns this past year. Great job by Renee and the team. Got to give a shout out to Carrie, Chris, and Steve for their ongoing work for our property and casualty line that helps our clients continue to navigate murky waters of insurance. Shout out to our True Holistic Financial Planning team. We've added some new members. It's going to drive us to the next level, improve service and tools to help our clients, improve the overall comprehensive True Holistic process. We're really excited about it. Shout out to our client experience team, Sarah and Heather, always making our clients feel welcome. During tax season, we call it tax season around here, just like there's a Major League Baseball season and an NFL season around here. We've got a tax season. We had over 15,000 calls during that period of time, and they navigated it like pros. Shout out to them. Shout out to Paul, who's managing and overseeing our build out of our new 7,000 square foot office. Once that's complete, it's going to provide a useful experience for our clients and necessary tools for our teams to serve our clients for the next 10 years. So we are really excited. And of course, shout out to the adaptive team, Ian, Kevin, and Pratty, working and grinding each day, managing risk, identifying opportunities. And that leads me to our special guest, Pratty, not so new guy, Tulsian. Pratty, welcome to the show. Hey, Dave. Glad to be here. Awesome. So Pratty, uh, is joining us as an intern. It should go pretty well said that, you know, if you're taking advice uh, off of a, a subreddit or off of a podcast, you might be doing it wrong. I just want to point out Pratty's a, a non-licensed at this time and he's an intern for us. Uh, you shouldn't be taking investment advice from this show anyway. Uh, everything we provide on here is for educational, informational purposes only. We're all adults. Everyone listening to this is adults. I don't think there's any six-year-olds listening to this. You make your own investment decisions. You're not making any investment decisions based on what's said on here. Now that I've given the strong disclaimer, Pratty, it's awesome to have you on here. Pratty does amazing work for us. He runs a lot of data, runs a lot of scans, kicks out some ideas that our team, our licensed individuals do use to make informed decision. We did have some significant events this week happening in the market as it is every week. First things first, Pratty, we have the S&P 500 continuing to hold important levels right now, staying above the key level 4190. That's important. Let's talk about some other areas. What, what else are we seeing, whether it's the NASDAQ 100, 
you know, Russell 2000, any ratios, anything you want to, to jump to here that you're seeing? So I think it's important to note that all of the major indices are above major VWAPs, um, especially from the highs. Yesterday, Absolutely. when the Qs gapped down, they found support right at the VWAP from the high. So that tells us buyers are stepping in. Yep. And for those, um, for those new, new listening, or maybe a client who's not familiar with that term, you know, volume weighted average price, it's a way of measuring a period, uh, a set period of time. And what's the average price by volume during that period? And we do track that. And I'm sorry for interrupting you, Pratty, but I just wanted to highlight that. And so continue. You, you said the NASDAQ is holding critical VWAP levels, correct? Correct. At the same time, it's running up against that 335, 336 level where we peaked out in February. We got above there in April, tested it a couple of times, gapped down, and now we're coming up against that level again. Yep. Area of potential resistance, right? We, we, we don't get to be surprised if sellers show up here again, but also significant that we held an area like 329 just a day ago. That's a level that was a prior high early in the year back in January. We've gotten above it a couple times only to sell off. We're back above it again. Strong day to day could be the first day of true confirmation of moving out of what's been a grind or a choppy move sideways in much of the market. All right, Pratty, great points on the NASDAQ 100. How about the Russell 2000? What are we seeing there? Yeah, so we're seeing the Russell push up against this 227, 228 level. That was the high from February, and it was also the high in April. At the same time, it's staying above the 1618 extension of the January 2020 to March 2020 decline. So, um, yeah, important, right? I mean, how many times do we see these extensions provide resistance? And in this case, well, what is that price level that's dictated so that, by the extension that we, we like seeing the Russell? So that would be around 216. Okay, so 216, we're above that. Um, that not coincidentally has been an area of support now for going back you know, into February. Very important information there. Yes, the Russell 2000 has moved sideways during that time. We don't get to be just surprised by that. I think last week, Ian and I talked about some of the moves, whether it was micro caps or semiconductors, you know, the Russell 2000 is no exception. You know, we've since the, let's call it the March 2020 bottom, you know, small caps had moved 140%. And so for them to move sideways and digest that, perfectly normal. Uh, so get good information there. Another thing we like to look at, Pratty, is, you know, value stocks versus growth stocks. And the way I would describe this week is, you know, value continued to assert itself with the begin at the beginning of the week. As of last night's close, growth looked like it was about to give up another leg lower on a relative basis, but that has reversed itself today. Again, it, growth is not out of the woods, but are there some areas that represent growth that we should be paying attention to? So telecom is one area in the technology sector that's been showing up on our relative high scan recently a lot. Yeah. Um, if you look at something like XTL, that's the ETF, um, that 99 level looks pretty important. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. How about, you know, I know one area that's gotten a lot of attention, at least in our, in our industry, and I know it's been a fan favorite of retail clients, is uh, an ETF like ARKK or ARK Invest that are invest investing in growthier names, uh, you know, and software would fall into that. You know, I think it is notable, you know, in our show notes here, you, you correctly highlight here that 
right now, ARKK is unable to get above the 200-day moving average. And the 200-day moving average is extremely important. And yeah. so I think that's worth paying attention to. On the one hand, like you said, we've got telecom, right, showing up on relative high scans. On the other hand, we still see some of these areas like ARKK or growthier type software struggle a little bit. And I'll leave that as a teaser for when we get into the extended portion, because there's something uh, we're noticing coming off of what could be sustainable bottoms in some of those areas. But noticing that ARKK is not able to get above the 200-day moving average, great observation. You know, the great Paul Tudor Jones, one of the best asset managers to play the game, he always said nothing good happens below the 200-day moving average. And we'll see uh, where the future leads for ARK. You know, a week from now, we could be talking and it's back above there. What else are we seeing? What other areas of interest showing up on during our process on a daily basis? Yeah, so this week, especially energy, especially small cap energy, these names are all over our scans. Um, the strength is coming specifically from exploration and production and oil services. And I think yeah. what's most notable is the fact that there are no energy names showing up on our relative low scan. Yeah, great point. So very strong upside participation with almost nothing. I mean, basically nothing to the downside participation, which can you give a little context there? When we do that process, typically we do see some downside, some area, or maybe it's a couple stocks that do have some downside to it. Is that, is that a correct state statement? And right now we're not seeing that out of energy. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And so, it, you know, oil exploration and production, equipment services, oil services, you know, the fact that there's no energy coming up on the relative slow scan, huge information. Last week we talked about oil breaking above important levels near 66, 67. That continues to be a, the, the case, you know, oil right now sitting at around 69 bucks. Pretty important if we're holding those levels and it's not going to hurt these energy names if oil continues to rise. Definitely. Definitely. How about any other spots, you know, it could be a subsector, it could be international, it could be, you know, the world's your oyster, Pratty. Is there, is there anything we're seeing in our process? I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you take it from there unless, unless you want me to, to jump on a couple of things that we're seeing. Yeah. So I was just going to say that um, international, we're seeing small cap emerging markets outpace emerging markets in general. And if small caps are outpacing large caps, that seems to me like a sign of risk appetite. Yeah, absolutely. Like, are we are we afraid the world's going to end if we're buying emerging market small caps? Probably not. You know, I know the the work that Kevin and Ian did this week too. You know, whether it was, it was Sweden, Sweden, Swedish stocks, African stocks. You mentioned emerging market small caps, European small caps. These are risk on type areas. And I think there's, they're worth paying, paying attention to. I know one area our clients are familiar with is Brazil and, you know, having some exposure there. Again, that's not investment advice. We know our clients, you know, you're paying attention to what's going on in currency relationships. The past couple of weeks, we talked about something like DXY near the, you know, 89, 90 level showed some promise yesterday and that's reversed itself today. You know, yesterday we, we closed above ninety dollars. Uh, so far today, they've reversed that. We've seen a breakdown in something like the U.S. dollar versus the Brazilian real, and wouldn't you know it? That's coinciding with a economist 
magazine cover that's basically, you know, alluding to the fact that Brazil's like on the brink of something extremely negative. And we've seen we've seen this before, Pratty, where price moves first and then the news changes. So we'll see. I mean, lots of areas uh, internationally, even small caps. How about an area we talked about on here previously, like healthcare? What are we seeing there? Yeah, so healthcare keeps showing up on our relative low scan. Yeah, so uh, almost the exact opposite of energy, right? We, we continue to see uh, we continue to see healthcare present itself on relative lows. Uh, one area, you know, in the work done this week, I know that you know automobile ma manufacturers, which some some people would call old tech, right? Because everybody, much of the industry likes to talk about Tesla and, and the electric revolution which is all uh, good, great, and true. I have nothing against that. But we got some old names showing up here. Yeah, General Ford, GM, yeah. Honda, Toyota. Yeah, I mean, these are these are older auto manufacturers that are making new highs. And, you know, uh, and a, a way to express that theme could be an ETF like CARZ. Our clients are familiar with that. And so as long as we continue to see that relative outperformance out of automobiles, not a problem. It feels almost weird saying that word automobiles. It's like, I don't know, but yeah. it's, it's, it's great to see. I don't want to give the impression that it's all just rainbows and, you know, flowers and everything's good and great out there. Any red flags uh, we're seeing in, in the marketplace, Pratty? Yeah. So NASDAQ composite breath, there's definitely some red flags there. So if you look at something like new three month lows, Mm -hmm. Even though the NASDAQ made a higher low in May compared to March, we saw more stocks making new three-month lows. Yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's important to note that, and this would be NASDAQ composite, right? This is the, not yeah. NASDAQ 100, but all the NASDAQ composite, correct? Correct. And yeah. you see in the Russell 2000 as well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so same, same breath, we'll call it a divergence or weakening of breath in the Russell 2000. Correct with the exception of what we've seen out of energy, you know, and if we combine energy with things like financials, I forget the name, but you highlighted someone that did a, a nice piece on Twitter that they shared that just kind of showed strength out of those two areas. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Yesterday, Steve Straza had a nice chart. Um, it was published in the chart report. It showed financials and energy forming a base against the S&P. And he mentioned that a lot of people aren't ready for this. And I, I think he's right. Right. So we've got what he did. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, is he, he basically just combined those two sectors in its own form of an index and compared it for, to the S&P 500. And it's breaking above important levels in that relative relationship. And as many people are aware, part of our adaptive process, the a third and just equally important pillar of the process is relative strength. And out of those two areas, we're seeing relative strength that we haven't seen for a very, very long time. And what do portfolios look like that, right? Our clients are familiar with our exposure to energy and financials, but that doesn't mean every the rest of the world is positioned that way. And I would agree with you that that combination, that relative strength is an important one to note. And there have been periods in the past where energy has outperformed the market broadly. You know, we can, we can look back to the mid-2000s and see when, you know, whether you're looking at something like XLE, which is an ETF for energy stocks versus the S&P 500. And there are periods where energy can outperform. It hasn't done so in a long time, but if you're going to see energy and financials outperform, that's not going to be bad for value overall. And yeah, great, a bit great of a point. tangent, this is anecdotal, but like 
my generation has never seen anything besides tech and growth lead the way. So seeing that. energy and financials lead is like, that's something we've never seen before. And I don't think anyone in my generation is really ready for that yet. That's such a great point, Pretty. I love that. And I don't even want to ask how young you are. I do know how young you are, but uh, you are uh, mature beyond your years. And so I have a lot of respect for what you just said there, because you're absolutely true that in, in, in your lifetime and now professional lifetime, it's always been growth and tech. There has been no experience with things like energy, things like banks, right? Like banks outperforming, what's that? <laughs> so great, great point. You know, are there going to be, you know, subreddit conversations about bank and energy stocks? I don't know. Are, are you seeing that, Pratty? Are you seeing tremendous amount of conversation in your Not generation? Yet. Not I mean, yet. yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with Steve and his, and his highlight there that uh, I don't think much of maybe the industry or, and maybe there's a little level of disbelief. And I don't want to make it sound like we're there solo, right? Because we can't be because supply and demand dynamics indicates that right now there's more supply than de- or more demand than supply for things like energy and financials. So it's not just us that's involved. So very interesting there. Uh, the only other red flag I wanted to highlight uh, is, you know, when we look at risk on versus risk off, right? If we look at things like junk bonds, which are your riskiest credit instruments, they're making lower highs currently. We would like to see those make, they're making, and we would call them divergent highs. And typically when you see weakness out of junk bonds, you see that in equities as well. It doesn't always have to align that way, but we are seeing NASDAQ composite breath weak. We are seeing the same out of Russell 2000. We are seeing some weakness out of junk bonds. So we also don't get to sit here blindly and say six months from now, if stocks are lower, that somehow we didn't see it coming. As always, we'll use price, right? We're gonna use price levels. That first one for us right now is 41.90. Then we can talk about 41.25. And hopefully we don't have to talk about any price levels uh, below that. But those are some some warning signs for us. Pratty, anything else in this section of the podcast that we do for our clients before we jump to the extended portion that no, you wanted I think to that's highlight? That's about it. Okay. Doing an awesome job, man. I love having you on here. So to all those listening, we really appreciate it. You continue to set great listenership uh, numbers. So we we appreciate you guys. I know our clients appreciate this. We get a lot of feedback that they like this. So we're going to continue to do it. Um, With that, you guys have a great week ahead and hopefully you guys can stay on for the extent portion. Take care, guys. All right, Pratty, we're going to jump into the extended portion of our podcast. We get a little more technical in this part. Um, We know that you're well-versed in that. In fact, uh, I should give a quick shout out to Kevin. He would also have liked to have been on here, but he's got a big test tomorrow. Uh, he's sitting for the CMT level one. We're excited about that. So blessings to him. I know he's going to knock it out of the park, but we do get a little technical in this part. We're not going to get too long winded, right? We're going to keep this podcast uh, short and sweet, but I did want to touch base on, you know, last Friday, you know, we like to look at price on a closing basis. So right. The, the, the price right now today in this current second is less important than the price at market close today. And today also happens to be a Friday and that close is more important than the close of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we like to look at weekly candles. We like to look at monthly candles. And it just so happens that last week, Friday was both 
weekly and monthly closes, very important. Can you step into that, Pratty, and highlight some things that we're seeing there that are noteworthy? Yeah, I think what stood out to me most was real estate and energy both put seven straight green months up. Wow. Seven? Yep, seven. Man. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Seven straight green months. And I, I it's not like you got a ton of people talking about that. Uh, okay, what no. else? What what else we see in? So semiconductors, you know, believe it or not, even though technology did not go out at a new monthly high, it was a hammer candle, but semiconductors went out at a new monthly high. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important, right? Because we like to look at semiconductors as a leadership group when they're leading. It's a good thing. So we're new monthly high, not necessarily in the clear, right? Any resistance coming up here for semiconductors? Yeah. So um, if you go back all the way to 2000 and you look at the decline from 2000 and 2009, the 2.618 Fibonacci extension is right up there around 254. 254 on using an ETF like SMH? Correct. Something like that. Oh yeah, 254. And wouldn't you know it, we've sold off both times. We've, or you could argue three times since we've gotten up there. Yeah, that's extremely important information. Now, we also know that if we can get above there and stay above there, that could signal the next leg higher. Correct. Yeah, so nice to see a consolidation here out of semiconductors that have had a good run, been in a consolidation basically all year. What else? What other things are we seeing on a, on a monthly close basis that's important to know? So if you look at something like emerging markets, small caps, um, the ETF for that is EWX. Um, that actually closed at a new monthly high in April. Um, May saw follow through. Yeah, for sure. Like that's a fantastic, and look at that. That's a base that goes back. 2010. All, yeah, 2010 broke above there. Let's call it April. Like you said, confirmed in May. And once you know it, we're off to a strong start in that area. I mean, emerging markets, small caps. Talk about your risk on areas. Great find there. Um, what I wanted to, to end with in the extended portion is when we look at V bottoms, right? And, and where I'm going with this. So when we analyze, right? We're market historians. We like to study markets because we're basically studying price behavior. The market doesn't exactly repeat itself, but there's definitely some rhyming and rhythm to it. You know, you can have bottoms that are triple in nature, meaning that it has three lows simultaneously, and then we move higher. You can have a, you know, a double bottom. We've seen in the last few years quite a few more V bottoms. An example of that would be like December 2018 into January 2019, where the exact bottom is actually the day after Christmas in 2018. And it's a V bottom, right? There's only one single point in time. But then you get this. I'm going to call them a sticker or like something that, and the reason why I call it that is when you hunt and you hunt deer and you look at a set of antlers on a deer, sometimes they have these things called stickers. It's like this abnormality that sticks off the antler and they're kind of cool. We can see this off of V bottoms. You know, we had that in December or in January, right? January 3rd, 2019. If you pull up a chart and look at that V bottom process, there's a little throwback, this little sticker that happens on January 3rd, 2019. We're starting to see this in some other areas happening today that could signify a small throwback, the last little thing that gets a bunch of people short and then we rip higher. Could be. We won't know until the future. Do you know what I'm talking about, Pratty, when I talk about these? Yeah, this, I remember yeah. this actually back in Q4 2018. We started rallying day after Christmas 
And then January 3rd, Apple comes out with the pre-announcement, gaps down. Everyone gets super bearish again. Apple actually closes at a new low, but we just rip higher from there. Yeah, I love it. Uh, you're making me smile right now. Exactly right. Apple pre-announces. It looked, and, and it was bad. Like they, Their pre-announcement was just like, things are crappy. Market does this little throw-off and then this little sticker, and then we just rip higher on, on January 3rd. And, and same thing happened when you look at the S&P 500, the V bottom off the crash in March, April, 2020. When you look at April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, that's that little sticker, that little throwback. And we never look back after that. And, and yep. the reason why I'm bringing this up is I think we could be seeing that in things like an ETF like ARC, which has been a, you know, if you want to call it a poster child for growth or something like that, but, you know, may not necessarily come off as a V bottom, but we'll call the bottom a bottom May 13th, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, maybe getting that throwback yesterday and then a resumption higher today. We'll see. And we have that same look out of like solar stocks using something like tan. Same thing with like the QQQ versus S&P 500 relationship. Today or yesterday could have been that little throwback before we move higher. We'll see. Again, we won't know this until the future, but we're open to the idea that yesterday and today's little throwback, little stickers could potentially be a significant mile marker when we look back in the future, look backwards and say, oh yeah, that was that little throwback that got everyone bearish and then we moved higher. Could be. We'll see. Anything else you want to touch base on or maybe give a little summary on before we shut down the podcast? No, I think I think that's about it. Awesome. You did a fantastic job, Pratty. Uh, I really appreciate you saying yes to doing this. Uh, I know it's not easy and you did great for your first time. I'm sure there'll be other opportunities in the in the future, but I appreciate you being on here with me because it's no fun to just talk by myself. My own voice tends to annoy me. So I appreciate you being on here. You did a great job. Thank you for that. And everyone, again, thanks for listening and we'll do it again in a week. See you, everyone.